Welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jared Schaffer, along with... Arden Sprout. We're coming to you this week with episode 102. Artie, 102. 102. How are we feeling, my man? I'm feeling great. Feeling feeling really good. You should be feeling ultra great, though, uh, because this is your birthday episode. You got a... Uh, you got to get big uh, birthday bash coming up. Let the people know how old you're going to be. I'll, I'll Jared be, As we're recording this on Monday, I will be 27 uh, come tomorrow. So Tuesday, May 24th. I was about to that say your is, birthday tomorrow. <laughs> that is uh, that is the day that I was born. Um, I don't I don't talk about it much. So, but yeah, that that's that's my birthday. Um, so yeah, hopefully. Make make sure you shout out Jared Shaffin on Twitter. Get all of his mentions. Wish him a happy birthday. Well-deserved. One face of the Boneyard podcast. We love you. Happy happy early birthday. It's not your birthday just yet, but happy early birthday to you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, but, yeah, Artie, this is, uh, this, is, this is a big episode. Got a lot to talk about. Episode 102, we're going to talk some baseball. We're going to talk a little bit about C.J. Johnson being back. Uh bunch of big stuff going on around ecu right now um but first the number two i could have gone a lot of ways with this at one point i was thinking kevin garnett Kawhi. Mm-hmm. at one point i thought about talking about uh Derek cheater and uh i i decided to go a completely different route Decided to go hockey again. Talk about one of the all-time great Carolina Hurricanes. This man played nearly 1,500 games. It was like 1,450-something in the NHL as a defenseman for the Bruins. He he was on the Whalers and the Hurricanes when uh, the Whalers moved down to Carolina. Um, and then he played a year in, in Toronto after being traded. But then he signed right back with the Hurricanes and finished his career in Carolina. Um, He's one of the three guys that has their numbers uh, retired, officially retired by the, by the Carolina hurricanes. He was a member of the 2006 Stanley cup team. Number two, Glenn Wesley, Uh, Artie Glenn. I'll I'll never forget going, going to 06. The last, the last regular season home game. Kane's got, shut out for nothing by Buffalo, a team that they would go on to see in the Eastern conference finals that year on their way to the cup. And, uh, I was at that game and my dad and I, we, we stayed after the game and I, to, to try to get tickets. Well, the team was celebrating their division championship when the Southeastern conference, uh, or Southeastern division in, in the NHL. And so we waited, it, it was probably one o'clock in the morning by the time the players left the arena, finally. But we waited for every single player to come out. And uh, I'll never forget, like, Glenn Wesley was just going to drive by and wave at all the fans. He, he was an alternate captain on that team. And uh, his wife basically punched him in the arm and said, you need to stop, get out of the truck, and sign autographs for every single one of these fans. And that's what he did. I mean, there was all but all but two players stopped. The only two that didn't were Eric Stahl, who was driving Eric Cole, who Eric Cole had had a broken neck, so that made sense. Um, but every player stopped. I got every player's autograph 
on a rally towel. One of my most prized possessions. So yeah, shout out Glenn Wesley. I'll never forget his wife making him stop to sign autographs. Um, but yeah, number two for your Carolina Hurricanes. That's dope. Love it. Love the story. Um, just like Always you. Always got stories. That was a um, – I had a lot of number twos to choose from. Like you said, Garnett, Jeter, uh, Jason Kidd, the list goes on and on. But I wanted to switch it up. And I have a hockey player as well that I am going to I'm gonna oh, mention wow. as number two. This man hails from Corpus Christi, Texas. He's one of the greatest defensive men in the history of the NHL playing or did play for a team that the Carolina Hurricanes are actually playing right now. And that is a man by the name of Brian Leach. Okay. Brian Leach, New York Rangers, Boston Bruins, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. He's in the Hockey Hall of Fame, Stanley Cup winner, five-time All-Star, two-time Norris Memorial Trophy winner. Like I said, known as one of the greatest defensive men in the history of the NHL. So I wanted to switch it up. I wasn't going to do no basketball, no football, nothing, nothing like that. Do somebody a little bit different. Uh, Brian Leach, shout out, shout out to him. Maybe not so also, much the Rangers, but shout out to Brian Leach. And also a, a special shout out, Justin Hardy, number two. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, but all right, Artie, um, what a run ECU baseball has been on. What a run. And I don't like to gloat, but your boy called it. 14-0 to finish the season. I called it. I'm, I'm going to take my victory lap. I said this team's going to get hot, and they're going to get hot right at the right time. 14-0 to finish the regular season. Longest winning streak um, currently in college baseball. Uh, I think the next longest winning streak is at 11 games. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and they've played, like, really good teams over, over this last stretch. I mean, Houston, mm-hmm. a week before this past weekend, was looking at an opportunity to to win the conference. Um, right. They they played Campbell, who is garnering some top twenty five votes. They played Duke. I mean, Duke's no slouch. I mean, they've had a down year, but they're no slouch. They've played really good base, really good baseball against some really good teams, and uh, th- there's a lot of reason to be excited for for this week, the American Athletic Conference tournament. Baseball tournament coming up. And then beyond that, the College World Series begins in just two weeks. And there's a lot of opportunity for the, for the Pirates to make a run and, and hopefully try to get to Omaha. But uh, Artie, they're back in the top 25. How, how big is that? That's huge, man. I mean, and, and they're back in the top 25 in almost every, you know, poll ranking there is. I mean, Baseball America's got us at 25. D1 Baseball's got us at 23. Uh, NCAA baseball RPI has us in there, you know, in, in the top 25, you know, to be out of it, to be preseason ranked in the top 15, to have so many high expectations and the code kind of go on that roller coaster ride that we went on through the mi- middle of the season where a lot of people were saying, Ooh, we might need to pack it in. I don't know if this team's even good enough to make it uh, to the postseason or even compete for an American athletic conference uh, title. It just speaks to the job. Um, and it speaks to how great Cliff Godwin is. He is, you know, He's not overrated, underrated in, in, in any way, but he is just greatness personified. What, what he was able to do and what might be you know, one of his best seasons ever as, a, as, as the head guy, um, being able to steer the, steer the ship, get us back on the right track, um, and not just him, the players as well, because the players got to go out there and play. Um, guys like Spivey, guys like Mayhew, um, going out there and just doing what they got to do to get the job done. 
and to be able to come back, have that adversity, and not only finish the season strong, but you win 14 straight, and then the last game of the regular season, you win in a walk-off. You know, you, you win in, in, in the bottom of the 10th on senior day, and you beat a very good Houston team in a walk-off. So, I mean, that that's just the perfect storm and the, and the perfect way to end a regular season. And, you know, the Pirates have nothing but confidence and, and nothing but good juju going into a conference tournament play. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of bad luck for this team already this year. I mean, you can start from the top. We, we all know Carson Wisenhunt. That was a big blow right right as the season was getting started. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake Kuchmaner going down. You've had guys struggle at the plate. Josh Moylan, I mean, while he was getting on base, he, he wasn't getting hits. Um, but really to, to see this team kind of come together and the way that they've done it with, with the pitching, I mean, talking about Josh Gross, uh, CJ Mayhew, Jake Hunter, these guys, if you would have told me that was our rotation at the end of the year and we won the, we won the conference, I would have probably laughed at you because, I, I mean, yeah. th- that wouldn't have been – I mean, maybe C.J. Mayhew would have mm-hmm. been my, my Sunday guy, but I wouldn't have pegged those other two guys as as guys that are going to get it done uh, in the rotation. But, hey, here we are, Artie. Um, and kind of like what you were saying, Coach Godwin – so Coach Godwin named, named Coach of the Year for the third straight year um, today. What else is new? Artie, this was, I have to say, this was his best coaching performance since he came to ECU, um, since becoming yeah. a head coach. You'll, you'll, you'll with, get no arguments from me on that. With all of the adversity that he had to face, the team had to face, all the ups and downs, all the people questioning, will we ever get over 500? And to finish the season, Artie, to finish the season, what are we, uh, 20 games over 500? Yep, 38-18. So... To finish the season like that, I mean that's that's massive. Um, I mean there there was times where we were. I remember one episode we were excited to be ten games over five hundred, and <laughs> and now we're twenty. And honestly, you look back that Justin Wilcoxon uh, walk off home run that was not not to be. I mean that we could be thirty nine. We could be thirty nine and seventeen right now, and th- this team may not have fallen off as much if if that didn't happen that i mean was that week 1 i think that was week 1 uh su- in the sunday game uh, or saturday game i can't remember um but yeah i mean already so much has happened so so much has happened and for this team to come back put it together come together as a team and it's everybody everybody's pulling the rope I mean, to, to kind of put it in perspective, there were episodes, and I remember this vividly, where we came on and said, this might be one of the great disappointments in ECU baseball history because of the expectation, because of the preseason ranking, because of how, they made how, us eat our words. how bad that we had looked at times. And they absolutely made us eat our words. I mean, we finished two games away from 40 wins. You know, 40, you know getting, getting, getting to 40 is always like, okay, you had a pretty damn good season, no matter who you are. And and we we almost we almost got to 40. I mean we're sitting at 38, 18. We really almost almost hit that number. And that's a number that I did not think that we were gonna even come close to getting three, four, or five weeks ago, to be honest with you. So I mean, just the resilience and the turnaround is incredible. And I'm happy that they're making me eat crow. I'm very, very happy that they made me yeah. eat my words on that. Because I didn't I didn't see this coming at all. 
Yeah, and another guy to shout out, Carter Spivey. Uh, he was named the American Athletic Conference Pitcher of the Year. Guy has been nails all season long, coming in in, in big outings and, and getting eating a lot of innings. I mean, at times eating four or five innings at a time out of mm-hmm. the pen and really not giving up anything. Um, I don't have his numbers pulled up right in front of me, but he, he didn't really give up anything all season. Um, he didn't really struggle. He didn't go through any ups and downs. He, he was kind of the same guy all year long. And, and that that's the kind of guy you, you need, especially when you don't have the depth that you thought you had when, when you're looking at starting pitching, talking about Carson Wisenhunt going down and then um, Jake Kuchmaner going down. With that, you got to kind of have a bullpen day every week, at least once a week. And to give the ball over to Carter Spivey and be like, all right, go do your thing, young buck. And for him to do it, that I mean, in big situations when you really need the team to come together and you need a shutdown inning every inning, he did that. He he did that all year long for the for the Pirates. So shout out Carter Spivey. That's a guy that coming into this year, I probably would not have pegged as being the the MVP of the season. But he yeah. he is he's the MVP of this season. I mean, you talk about next man up. I mean, nobody had Carter Spivey as the American Athletic Conference pitcher of the year. Nobody. Not not even like not even as a dark horse. So you I mean, you talk about a guy coming in and and absolutely taking care of his business and getting it done when you when we absolutely needed him. And, and, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, we needed the kind of pitching that he provided. Like you said, he was consistent all year long. Big, 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 big shout out to him uh, for winning that AAC Pitcher of the Year. And Coach Godwin, much deserved. You can't even argue it. I mean, the, these guys absolutely deserved that honor and that title. So shout out to them. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to pull up his stats real quick. Carter Spivey. Um because I know for a fact neither 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 one of you or, or me talked about Carter Spivey as you know a dark horse candidate or somebody that would be pitcher of the year. I mean, not 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 that high. Let's see here. So Carter Spivey this season, he has he's pitched sixty two and a third innings, giving up fifty three hits. 20 runs his ERA is we don't we don't have a calculation on that uh, my math is not going to be that good uh <laughs> he that's let's see that that's a 3.1 or so ERA I mean this this guy has been nails I mean that that's a that's a starter for you I mean to, to also then have, let's see, he said, how many strikeouts did he have? He had quite a bit. Um, they don't make it very, uh, I mean, in one game in, against Tulane, he had seven strikeouts. They don't even have it listed, do they? Oh, nope. Uh, so 64 strikeouts in 62 and a third innings. So, I mean, guy's been nails. Guy's yeah. been nails um, all season long. Um, so, yeah, Carter Spivey, shout out to him. Um, excited to see what he does in the conference tournament. Um, but also, already there, there's been other guys that were recognized um, 
I'm just going to go through the list. First team, all AAC. Zach Agnos, hey, we called it. That guy was going to be a stud yep. for, for ECU this year. I mean, mm-hmm. kind of one of those veteran leaders on this team after uh, after losing the the guys you lost last year, Connor Norby and Thomas Francisco, the, those leaders in the field. Zach Agnos has stepped up. Plus, he can do it on the mound. Um, Ryder Giles, I know a lot of people were on Ryder Giles at the beginning of the season for making errors and whatnot, and that's he, – he really turned it around, and he he's one of those utility guys that – Maybe he's not playing in the field every every game, but he's coming up to bat. He, he's pitching. He's making big plays when he needs to make big plays. Lane Hoover, what a play he made on Sunday! That to to make it to second on a bloop hit, and then to score on an infield single from second to win a ball game. That I mean, Jesus, kids got wheels. <laughs> you talk about you talk about wheels. You got to be flying. Kids got wheels, and dude, probably, uh, and he had to run the bases with a wheelbarrow because he's carrying that nutsack of his. Like Jesus, <laughs> like, <laughs> shut up, Jerry. <laughs> we already mentioned Carter Spivey, um, and then second team All AAC, Cam Clanch in, in the DH spot, Alec Makarevich, uh, CJ Mayhew, which the I, I just feel like they. Could, Felt like they couldn't put two EC pitchers in first team because CJ Mayhew could could have probably very uh, easily warranted first team all AAC. Yes, uh, Garrett Saylor. Garrett Saylor struggled at the beginning of the season, and I remember going back and saying, "Look, guys, this isn't his." He was thrown into that um, Friday night, Saturday night starter role, and that wasn't that's not his role. His role is a bullpen guy that can eat innings big innings and high leverage situations. And he was thrown in to, to be like your Friday night guy, like first game of the season. And that just wasn't, that, that's not who he is. That's not his, uh, that's not his position in, in this roster. Um, so for him to turn it around, that's big. Jacob Starling might be one of the better defensive uh, second baseman I've seen at the college level. Jacob Starling is fantastic. Um, and then Bryson Worrell, once again, one of those other guys that's – he's a veteran. Uh, he, he provides that leadership. Came back for his fifth year and and really did some big things. Um, the one that really bothers me, a guy that's been mashing the ball all year long, the freshman, Jacob Jenkins Coward. Dude's got a long-ass name, and he should <laughs> – that, that long-ass name should be named to one of these all-team – I agree rosters and i mean that that's the stub or that's the snub of this year um i mean thomas francisco last year ended up getting drafted what second round and wasn't even a first or second team all aac like what the hell was that now same thing goes with jjc um dude balled out all season long um unfortunately he didn't get the credit um in in the in the polls or whatever but hey He's going to have a ring for for a regular season championship, and he's going to get him a ring for for a, a conference tournament. Um, Artie, speaking of the conference tournament, starts tomorrow. Yes, sir. My birthday, twelve thirty Eastern time. Um, playing U- USF, need a strong outing, come out and and 
really hammer those guys. Uh, first thing, this team you saw, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, look, tournament starts tomorrow. And the one thing that I'll say with the way that we ended the season is that we're not taking anybody for granted. Um, we're just going out and handling our business. Good teams, bad teams, in between teams, doesn't matter. ECU is going out and handling their business. That's what I love to see the most. Um, it does not matter who we play. It does not matter what their record is. We know what we bring to the table. We're going to go out and handle business. So we're not going to take USF lightly. We're going to give them our best baseball. We're going to give them the best we got. Um, we we win. <laughs> Obviously, I don't I, I don't see us losing US, USF. We beat South Florida. Uh, but what I, what I like is is that we give every team. When we've ended the season, we've been giving them everything. You know, we're not taking any days off. We're not taking anybody for granted. We know what the ultimate prize is now. So um, very, very excited for this conference tournament to begin. And it starts with South Florida. Down there in Florida. Because I'm I'm the where's where's it at in Florida, by the way? Is it Clearwater? Yeah, it's in Clearwater. Okay. Yeah. Where where the Phillies play spring training ball. Um, okay. Yeah, and then the one thing, Artie, that I find interesting, and I think about it every, every time it comes conference tournament time. ECU hasn't won the conference tournament in a year where they've won the regular season championship. Um oh, wow. The American is probably hoping that ECU doesn't win the conference tournament because that means another team will get into the into the College World Series. But uh, who cares what the American wants? Fuck them. Who cares? I mean, <laughs> we're, we're, we're out here. We're out here to win a to win a championship. Right, um, college chips, baby. Yeah, I I gotta say, I'll. I think this is the year it happens. I just the depth in this this conference. I mean, Tulane has falling off it, it feels like they've had why did a, they fire their coach by the way sorry it's a random side note what, what was that about i don't know do we, I, I, do we that's know? surprising we gotta get Corey glor back on the show for that one that surprised me i mean they to to be leading with a month left in the season and then yeah kind of fall and, and off it i mean you fire him before before the season even ends because i mean they finished the season ranked fifth in the conference so uh, that may have something to do with it after, I mean, they had number one locked up, basically all they had to do yeah. was basically win out their, the rest of their series and they just couldn't do it. And uh, maybe that has something to do with it. But uh, I mean, Travis Jewett's going to get, a, he's going to get another job somewhere else very right, quickly. Usually at the very least, you allow the man to finish, finish the season. You, you don't just fire somebody, you know, with a few weeks left in the season. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? That's that's weird, but go ahead. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna say uh, I think ECU continues their hot streak. I don't know if they, I don't know if they go undefeated in in the conference tournament. That's tough, especially after right. winning 14 straight games. But I, I don't, I don't see them losing the USF. Um, it is double elimination. Um, but I still. That's the other thing. I don't really see them losing to anybody. You know, I mean, maybe UCF, but by that time you're you're talking about depth. I'll put our depth, our depth up, our bench depth, our bullpen depth. If I could say depth one more time, uh, somebody might drive off the road. Um, I'd I'd put I'd put us up against anybody when it comes to that. Well, and, and that's why we're the number one seed for a reason. We're, we went 20 and four in conference. So, yeah, obviously there there isn't a team within the conference right now that should be able to beat us. We, we should be able to win all of these 
uh, little mini series that we have with all of these teams uh, winning an American conference championship. I did not know that we had never won a conference tournament and a regular season title uh, in the same season, but this is the year we do it. At least since joining the American. Okay. I got you. Yeah. This, 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 this is the year we do it. I, I, I really believe with the way ECU has finished uh, with the way that they have handled these teams, um, taking no days off. I, I, I think this is the year that we do it. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, trying to find the stat. ECU is like 65 and 12 in the last three years in conference play. It's something insane. Um, it's incredible. Like, what a stat. I, w- I wish I had it. I don't have it in front of me. But anyways, Artie, um, there's still an outside chance that ECU hosts a, a regional. Uh, I They talked about it on the broadcast a little bit on Sunday. Mm-hmm. There's some talks ar- about it around all, all the different um, – message boards is it is it a slim chance yes but this ranking getting ranked in the top 25 in the last last week of the season that opens the door just a little bit more so you're Um, saying there's a chance i mean you, you need all the right things to happen um i think i do think that i mean ecu solidified themselves as a number two and yes Right now, D1 Baseball has us uh, going to Blacksburg uh, as the number two seed in the Blacksburg Regional, which that's a tough regional. That's a, a tough What a storyline that is, though. What a story. I mean, the, the, the history between ECU and Virginia Tech just in our athletic programs, what a, what a storyline that would be. Yeah, One that, versus two. That'd be, that'd be big. I, I would – from a travel perspective, that's great. From a matchup perspective, I mean – Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech trounced us earlier this year. I believe yeah. it was seven two, um, in a midweek game. It's a damn good team. But that was before we got hot. Um, I, I think it'd be a whole new ball game now. Um, I, I would like to see us maybe get a a draw with somebody else. I'd like us to maybe go to a North Carolina regional, go to go to the Chapel Hill regional or something like that. Um. I don't, I don't really see that happening either. Yeah, but so that that's very rare that you have two schools that close in the same regional, right? Well, I mean, you get I mean, UNCW's been to our regional a couple of times recently. South Carolina's yeah. been to our regional. Uh Campbell's been to our regional a couple of times. NC State has been to our regional. So, it's not that rare, but it's it's unlikely tight. It's tight. Yeah. Um I'm, I'm trying to find the D1 baseball build Let's see. The D1 baseball field. So, like I said, it's got us at Virginia Tech with West Virginia and Maine. Um, That's what they've got to project it right now? Yep. Okay, so they have North Carolina as a two seed at, at Oregon State. That's a that's a tough regional too. To be North Carolina and then have to fly across the country and play the number four national seed. Yeah. Um that, that'd be a tough draw. Uh I'm trying to think like where else would be a decent place for us to go. Don't really want to go to Louisville. Um they've got Vanderbilt at the Louisville regional. Don't want to have to deal with that. 
Well, I wouldn't mind seeing is us drawing the Southern Miss regional and um, and, and going there. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if that would happen or the Virgi- or the Charlottesville regional. I'd like that one as well. Um, the Charlottesville regional matches up with the Maryland regional, and uh, I mean Maryland's a team we beat earlier this year, so I I, I like our chances there. Um, so yeah, already there, there's a lot to be said. Um, just got to have everything go right for us, uh, going forward. I agree. And honestly, we've solidified ourselves as a number, as a number two, and I'm, I'm content with that. My, my heart is happy and content with that. I don't necessarily need us to host at this point. I didn't think we were going to host anyway. <laughs> so the fact that we have solidified ourselves as a number two, I'm okay with every other ECU fan should be okay with. So. Sounds good. Well, Artie, let me talk to you a little bit about Can I Brands. Um, sometimes after a big pirate victory or after a big Hurricanes win, I have trouble falling asleep. All right, so it's usually because I'm so pumped up. I go downstairs. I play video games for two to three hours. Wake up the next day. I'm super tired because I didn't get enough sleep. That's when I use Can I Brands, Can I Sleep soft gels to fall asleep fast and stay asleep through the night so that I wake up and feel rested and energized. These gels are 100% flavorless and are fast-acting, so you fall asleep in no time. Each capsule has 3 milligrams of melatonin, so you don't have to guess the dosage. Try them for yourself or use promo code and use promo code BONEYARD25 on canibrands.com for the CBD gels or on canihyphenwellness.com for the non-CBD gels. Artie, I love these things. They help me sleep. They put me right to bed. Um, what are your thoughts? No, I couldn't. I couldn't agree with you more. I, look, I was shocked that you said you still play video games. You said two, three hours of video games. When yeah. you had time today to play video games, man? No, w- w- after a game, I'll go downstairs and play video games for two hours. <laughs> what do you What do you play? MLB the show? What are we doing? What, 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 what are we doing NHL? What are we, what are we we're, doing? We're playing. We're playing NHL right now. We're playing some chill. Playing NHL right now. Okay. So you, okay, I got you. I got you. That makes sense. That makes sense. Nonetheless, people, promo code Boneyard twenty five. Can I brands? Phenomenal stuff. Use it for sure. Well, Artie, some uh, big news came across on Instagram yesterday. Yes, it on, did. On Sunday. Uh, ECU star wide receiver CJ Johnson is back with the team. How about that? Let's go. That you want to talk about massive? I mean, to to bring in guys like Isaiah Winstead, who is, I mean, one of the biggest wide receiver transfers out there, and mm-hmm. then to get CJ Johnson back after he served his suspension. This offense is going to be. Deadly. Holden Aylers has as many weapons as he needs next year. Josiah Hatfield, Isaiah Winstead, and C.J. Johnson. Those, I mean, those are your three wide receivers. You're gonna you're gonna be looking really nice with those three guys. I couldn't agree more. And look, this this is a time where you know we were we didn't know. You know, C.J. C.J. Johnson was kind of up in the up in the air. You know, whether we thought he might come back to the team, maybe not. Um, first and foremost just hoping that he's learned his lesson from whatever happened, whatever got him suspended, whatever got him kicked off of the team for that, for that little short hiatus. Um, we really wholeheartedly hope that he has learned from that mistake. He has grown from that mistake. You know, the character of this young man, his education, him going, him finishing his career 
you know, the right way and, and getting what he wants from East Carolina University. Uh, that That's the most important thing, right? I mean, it, it, you know, him, sure. him developing as a man is the most important thing. Um, and then secondly, football comes after that. Um, but it, tremendously happy uh, for him to be back. This is a guy that, you know, he's, he's got a little bit of pressure on him, in my opinion. C.J. Johnson has to be the number one guy. He's, he's got he's, he's just got to be it. Nobody else should be number one outside of C.J. Johnson. They just shouldn't be. C.J. CJ Johnson is a veteran. He knows the system. He's played with this quarterback for years. He like he should be the guy. And coming off of this, you know, suspension, hiatus, uh, whatever you want to call it, he should be motivated too. I mean, he should be really be motivated to come out and prove himself not only to his teammates, to his coaches, but the rest of the American. Put the American on notice and say, hey, I don't just have an NFL body. I can really go out here and do this. Like you know, I'm I'm, I'm not just a big guy. I can really go out here. And 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 do this and do it consistently. So he's got a little bit of pressure on him, but I think he can he can he can own up to it. I think that he's going to handle it well. I think he's going to come out and ball out in that you know receiver room. At EC was always decent. You know I don't remember the last time we had a bad receiver room. So I'm very very excited uh, for this upcoming season. Holton Ayler's getting his guy back, and then you know plus the running backs that we have also. I mean this is our offense should be top three in, in the American, in my opinion. It, it, it really should be with the with the amount of weapons and the, the senior seniority veteran leadership that we have. That's why I say this is an offense that really should be top three in the American. Yeah, I would agree. Um, all right, let me pose this question to you then. C.J. Johnson, over, uh, over under 750 yards receiving. I say over. I say, oh, look, this is, to, to me, not only does this have to be or has to be his breakout season, but I think it will be his breakout season. Um, he is the guy now. Everybody in that locker room knows that he's the guy. We've gotten a lot of good transfers. We've gotten a lot of good guys that have come in. Um, you know, that receiver room is no slouch. It's not like C.J. Johnson is by himself. He ain't by himself. There's going to be guys that are going to be jockeying and, and, and competing for that number one spot, as they should, because healthy competition is always good for a successful team, period. Um, but CJ Johnson, definitely. I, if, if you had to, if, if I had to pick over under on 750 yards, I think over, I don't think he gets to a thousand, uh, but I, but I think he gets over 750. Yeah. Cause looking at it, I mean, in two, 2020, he had 405 yards receiving six touchdowns last year. He only had 217 only played in six games, only had 16 receptions. Right. Um, he, he was injured part of the season, I believe with like a ankle sprain. Um, so yeah. I think uh, I, I think he gets it. Um, I think 750 is lofty. It's I, a lot. I, I think it's up there. I think it's attainable. Now, his freshman year, in back in 2019, he had a, almost he had just over 900 yards, receiving four touchdowns. So, um, yeah, I think I think this is the year that he's a breakout star, um, and I think that he's going to be drawing the the best uh, safeties and cornerbacks. He is covering him. Um, I I think secondaries are going to be watching him, but when you have guys like Josiah Hatfield Mm -hmm. and you have guys like Isaiah Winstead, then, I mean, I think, I think you're, I think you're fine. You still Um, got a Ryan Jones back there. And then you've got, you still got two guys in the backfield that can catch out the backfield too. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Keith Mitchell and, 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 and Roger Harris, I mean, they, they can, they can catch out the backfield too. They are, they are just as dangerous as any receiver that we have on our team. So we, we've got a plethora of weapons at our disposal. And don't even forget about holding his legs. So this, this offense is scary. Like 
I would put our offense in, in the conference right now up against anybody. I mean, SMU has a good quarterback, that Mordecai kid. Is, is he at SMU or Memphis? I can't remember. I think he's at SMU. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mordecai's at SMU, I believe. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he might be the best town, talent as far as QB goes, but he's so he's so young. He, he, he doesn't have as much experience as a guy like Holden Naylor's who has that experience, has the pedigree, and has the ability. Uh, mm-hmm. I would – I think he may have more of an ability, more skill, but I, I think that when you put it all together, the best quarterback going in this year in, in the conference might be Holden Naylor's. Um, I mean, Desmond Ritter's gone. You got uh, the, some, probably, like you said, one of the best wide receiver rooms in the conference. You got one of the best running back rooms. The offensive line is going to be much better this year than it was last year. This offense is going to be potent come come September. And this and, and the last thing I'll say on CJ Johnson, um, you know, the more so what you do on the field sometimes is, is what you do in that locker room and how you gal- galvanize your team, and how you galvanize the players. You know, is is CJ Johnson going to be one of those vocal guys? Because he's a veteran now. It, 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 it's no excuses. You know, he he is he's one of, he's one of them guys that all the younger dudes are going to be looking at and saying, okay, if this is how he performs, if this is how he's doing it, if this is how he carries himself, this is how I'm going to carry myself. So is, is CJ going to be that guy that galvanizes his players and his teammates and even the coaches at, at times? Is he going to be vocal? Is he going to be out there? Because we don't, we don't know this. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know too much about CJ Johnson, but I don't know if he's one of those guys that really galvanizes I think the guys around him. Uh, and, I, I, and, and so uh, go ahead. I think he is, and, and talking to him and seeing him around uh, during warm-ups and whatnot and seeing him at practices, I think he is. He's lively. I know he's lively. He, he gets he, amped up, and he's lively. I know he's got and a he's mouth on go. him. Um, he, he, he can run his mouth some, but I, I think from – I mean, and from talking to some of the guys, he does seem like he, he is one of those guys that's a leader in the locker room. Like, hey, like, pick your head up. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what you need. And – we ECU's got a lot of guys like that and somebody that's lively and can lighten the room. That that's a, that's big, especially when you have new, new faces coming into the program, like Isaiah Winstead. I mean, it, it, it's, it's great to have when you have that at ECU and you've got several guys that have been there, done that and know what they're doing here at ECU. Yeah, and I mean, plenty of talent, and but this team is only going to go as far as that veteran leadership takes them. And and now that we have turned the page, and and we've gotten back to to winning ways starting this past season, there's also some added pressure with that too to not go backwards. So very excited to see. We're, we're going to get into this a whole lot more later. I could go for hours and hours and hours on EC football. I, but. I can't wait till we get past baseball. I'm hoping baseball season lasts several more weeks. Yes. But once once we get past baseball, we're going to talk a lot of football. I mean, the the first line came out for the ECU NC State home opener. Uh, ECU right State's now is an eight point favorite, right? Yeah, ECU's an eight point dog right now. Mm-hmm. And Ari, that that that's a good segue into our our first Twitter question. Um, so we got some Twitter questions. Chance Scott asked, "What are we doing when we beat State by two touchdowns this year?" Artie, what are we doing? Um, I, I cannot tell you exactly what I'll be doing. What I can say is I'll probably be in Greenville 
because I, I desperately want to be at that game, and I probably will be at that game. We'll probably both be at that game. We'll probably both be at that game. I'm trying to think of when, when – what's the date of that game, by the way? September 3rd. September – yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think I have – Labor Day weekend. Yeah, that, that's Labor Day. I'll be there. Jared and I will be in the building. So whether it's 519 with a sub-dogs combination and maybe one other thing, but I know 519, I know sub-dogs is going to be in the mix and a lot of drinking. That's that's all. I, I can't guarantee anything else, but what I can tell you is if we beat State that night – 519 sup dogs and drinking will all be combined in within three to four hours of each other. That's oh, gonna yeah. happen. There will be a 3 a.m., 4 a.m. cookout run in my in my future <laughs> after uh after getting drunk at sup dogs and, and 519. Who knows? Maybe and, I eat sup dogs and cookout. And I'll be, side I'll be on note, that much of a high. I will not let Jared book another room at the Baymont Inn. God bless. No, we're, People, we won't do that. Please do not stay at the Baymont Inn in Greenville. Public service announcement: that place is terrible. <laughs> that was terrible. Please, for the love of God, don't stay there. I fucked up. I needed to walk the plank for that one. Woo! Um. All right, and then Petey, our friend Petey says, "Do you also feel that this is the year that we make a miraculous run to Omaha?" I've got a weird feeling that this is the year, and Petey, I do too. I, I think Artie and I both I, – I can't speak for Artie, but I, I think we both maybe feel that way. Um, just the way everything's gone this year, it'd be such a storybook, like, run to make it to the – make it to college baseball's mecca, right, Omaha. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I, I, I would say that I've got this cautious optimism that – I mean, we're playing with house money right now, right? Like – like I already said earlier in the podcast, if you would have asked us a month ago, we were sitting on, hey, we might not even make the tournament unless we win the conference championship. Now we're solidly a, a two seed, pushing on the door for, for a one seed. And if they play well this weekend, they might kick down that damn door and, and get in a, as a, a regional host. That, I would say that everything's looking in the right direction right now for, for ECU baseball. Um, so yeah, I, I feel the same way, PD. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. I, I'd be lying if I said, I didn't think that way every year. ECU baseball is the most consistent I think we all program. Do. Yeah. ECU baseball is the most consistent program that we have year in and year out. Every year I have the belief that we're going to go to Omaha. That's no different right now, especially with the way that we ended the season. Um, yeah. Like Jared said, we're playing with house money. So I absolutely believe there's there's a chance. I mean, none of us can predict the future. None of us know if it's actually going to happen. But if I had to bet money on it, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put some money on it. I'd, I'd, I'd bet on it. I'm going to take my guys because I believe that every year. So, yeah, I agree. Awesome. Well, Artie, um, we'll start wrapping this thing up. Uh, walk the plank. I got to walk the plank. Go ahead. The South Carolina fans that we pissed off on uh, Saturday – Y'all can all walk the damn plank. Cliff Godwin isn't leaving for your shit school. I promise you. <laughs> I'm sorry about it. Spurs up show. Y'all, y'all, y'all are cool with us. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to piss off the guys at the Spurs up show. I like those I, guys. Those, I, those I don't want to. I don't want to piss him off. He, he's a cool dude. Retweet some of our stuff. But he he tweeted out. Somebody asked him. Who, who do you see as our next head coach? 
and he tweeted out. So here's the backstory. Somebody asked him, "Who's our, who should we go after this offseason when we fire our head coach? Talking about baseball. He replied, I'd love to see us go after Cliff Godwin at ECU. I just replied, keep dreaming. Uh, that's all I said. Keep dreaming. And then he and all these other uh, South Carolina, University of South Carolina fans, they, they hate when you say that. The University of South Carolina or U of U of SC because U of SC they think they're because, USC because, because to them they are they are USC but they're not they're um, not USC USC Southern Cal just Sorry. like they call themselves Carolina they're not Carolina um, no they're not and I don't like Chapel Hill but Carolina's the real Carolina the real Carolina is East Carolina let's let's all be honest um, so anyways they they they're all like oh you don't think that he'll he'll leave little old ECU for for an SEC school and I was like dude. He's had opportunities to leave, to go to Mississippi State, to go to Ole Miss, to go to LSU, to go to Alabama. Mm-hmm. If he turned down those places, he damn sure has turned down South Carolina. Why would he go to South Carolina? They're paying their coach about the same thing that he's getting paid here in Greenville. They're not going to pay him much more. And that, that was kind of the basis of my whole thinking of he's not going to go to South Carolina he has right now a program that's in a better spot than South Carolina, a program that gets top 25 rec- recruiting classes each and every year. I mean, right now I think they're sitting in the top 20 of recruiting classes for next year. You, yeah. you're, we're, we're talking about a guy that loves this, loves this school. He just, I mean, they're about to do a big renovation at the baseball stadium. You've got an sec like atmosphere in Greenville for college baseball. What what is he going to have at South Carolina that he's not going to have at ECU right now? With how much ECU puts into into baseball, not a damn thing. And, and he's he's got his system, he's got his beliefs here, and his players have bought in. So he's not coming to South Carolina as much as you want to say. Oh, we're if we want. I saw somebody respond. If we want him, we'll have him. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. No, you won't. You won't have a damn thing. <laughs> well, I, I that, think that's the thing that pisses me off. I, I, I think they're a little confused. Maybe they feel like they're talking about football. Well, this ain't football. I mean, South Carolina and, does have two national championships in baseball. Whoop de whoop de I mean, the last time they were one of the last times they were in the regional here in Greenville, they got beat. But but that's but that's the whole point that you're making, though, right? He's not leaving a, a a a good program for a better program, like you know, like like it's not like South Carolina is in a right better now isn't position or better shape than East Carolina. He'd be leaving a better program for a work in progress. That's what yeah. that's what he would be doing. He, there, he might get he might get paid a little bit more because in South Carolina they got more money, but he'd be leaving what he's already established and built in ECU, which is a perennial you know, top 25 team that has the chance to go to Omaha every single year to something that he's got to restart and build from. Not maybe not from scratch, because South Carolina, like you said, I mean they, they've got a, they've got a decent program, but it's not ECU. It's not. So I mean, if you would have told me five years ago when South Carolina hired their now head coach that hey, they're after Cliff Godwin, then I'd be worried. But they weren't after him five years ago. And for him to turn down, 
let's be honest, South Carolina, as much as you're willing to pay your coach in, in baseball, Alabama could pay him more. Alabama could pay him more. Tennessee could pay him more. Vanderbilt could pay him more. I mean, a lot of schools in the SEC could pay him more than South, little old South Carolina. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. You South Carolina, South Carolina is they're they're the they're just like Mizzou. I mean, people forget Mizzou's in in the SEC. Guess what, South Carolina? People forget you're in the SEC just as much. <laughs> Jay, you, you ain't got to do that, South Carolina, man. We like South Carolina. At least I like South Carolina. Jared is not speaking for the entirety of the Boneyard I, podcast. I, I'm I just like speaking South for Carolina. myself. I'm speaking for myself, Artie. <laughs> Artie, Artie likes South Carolina. I, I have no bones against South Carolina. Look, South Carolina has every right to want Cliff Godwin. They have every right to want Cliff Godwin. They have, like every right to go after. they have every right to go after Cliff Godwin. They should want Cliff Godwin. They should yeah. want an excellent coach. They're just not going to get him. That that was the, my whole point. They're just not going to get him. Like sometimes things are bigger than than sometimes things are bigger than money, and in this case, they are. And also, the money isn't that much bigger there. The opportunity is not that much bigger. I mean, you're going to go from winning every single year in the American to being a middle of the pack program in the SEC where you're getting paid the same thing when you are a proven winner. No, get out of here with that. Love it. All right. Already got one. (laughs) Yeah. Um, obviously the, the major news of the week so far is this whole NIL fiasco with Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher and Deion Sanders, Coach Prime. Um, all of them can walk. I wouldn't say Deion can walk the plane because he didn't really do nothing. He just he's responded to it. Um, but I will say Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher can both walk the damn plane. Um, I thought, first off, Jimbo Fisher's response was, I mean, that that is that is pure entertainment in, in the greatest form. Like, I, I watched. It, like it sounded like he was cutting a promo for WWE. I, I loved every second of that. that. That is just pure entertainment. And Nick Saban was wrong. He was wrong to call out Jimbo the way he did. He was wrong to call out Coach Dion the way he did. Um, singling those guys out was absolutely wrong. But I want to I want to point out the big picture. Um, and 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 this is something that I was watching first take earlier, and Steve Nea pointed out on first take, and I was like, hmm, you're actually kind of right. Nick Saban has a, has a method to his madness, and he did all of this not so much to really point out Jimbo and Dion, but to point out NIL because Nick Saban has a huge problem with NIL because NIL is now undermining what he's been so accustomed to, which is having the number one recruiting class every single year, having all these guys come in undetected, unannounced, doesn't matter. And granddaddy, which I, I like to call him, granddaddy, big old, big, 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 bad granddaddy has a problem with the NIL. He wants more people to speak up on it. He wants more coaches to speak out. So he's very smart and he's very strategic. He knows exactly what he's doing. He did all of this on purpose. Nick Saban is a seven-time national champion. He doesn't need to call out anybody by name. He's the greatest to ever do it. Why does he need to stoop down to call out anybody? It's because he's extremely smart and he wants a bigger picture to, to be talked about and noticed and realized here. So I, I get what, what he's trying to do, but the thing with the NIL is 
horses out of you know the, the the horse is loose and and the horse has been gone for weeks and the horse ain't coming back to the barn. Horse is gone. So and let's not act like this is something new to college athletics. It's not. It's just legalized now. It's just legalized. And Nick, I, I side more with Jimbo than I do with Nick Saban. And that, that's probably just the, I'm tired of Nick Saban and I'm tired of Alabama um, mm-hmm. in me. But Jimbo Fisher, Texas A&M, they've done nothing wrong. No. Do they, they use the NIL to their advantage. It's legal now. It's legal. Everything they did is legal. And I, I've always said, Artie, I've said this about college basketball mostly, but it, it's true for all sports. If you want to be good, look, look at look at a school like uh, UCF. Mm-hmm. Okay? If you want to be good, there's kind of three ways to become good. You're old school blue blood. In football, we're talking Alabama. We're talking Auburn. We're talking Florida, Michigan, right? Southern California, Notre Dame. We're talking Georgia. We're talking those schools, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to, that's one way. The second way is to have a miraculous season where you come out of nowhere and you're really good and you get the fans involved. You get more people willing to donate. Look, just five years ago, UCF went, they, they didn't win a single game all season. They had bars giving out free beer yeah. until they, until they won a game. And then they turned it around real quick. Now there, there was some fishy there. In my opinion, they, they turned it around within a year. I mean, there's some they real fishy there. You don't turn that around. You don't go from zero and twelve, zero and whatever no. it is, to fourteen to and 0 or thirteen and zero. No, <laughs> within two years, you don't do that. No, no. Um, or the third way is you cheat. Mm-hmm. You look at Rick Pitino, college basketball. All of his good teams. Guess what? They were cheating. Larry Brown, same thing. They were cheating. Penny Hardaway, cheating. That that's how. When you're nobody in college basketball, and really in all college sports, that's how you get good. And that that's what the NIL is cutting down on. It's cutting down on the cheating because it's made it legalized. Right now, there are still some rules. Right, you can't say, okay, we're going to give this guy an NIL, but the the contract is only valid if he is if he stays enrolled for more than three years at Texas A and M. You can't say that, but you can basically say, okay, well, you don't you don't really have anybody policing it, right? Yeah. So, I mean, there's plenty of NIL deals out there where someone could be like, you know what, I'm gonna hold off and or I'm gonna transfer well all right we're t- we're taking your nil deal away and for a lot of these smaller programs and a lot like the car dealerships why would like why would somebody who let's say won the car dealerships in greenville why would they want to sponsor whole nailers or mason garcia or keaton mitchell and then one of them transfers out and then still pay them money 
Right. Why would they want that? Because they're playing for now for a school in in Toledo, Ohio, right? Why would they Why would they want to do that? So it it makes sense to be able to do it from that standpoint. But you can't say, okay, if you go to if you go to Jackson State University, we're going to give you a million dollars or whatever it is. You know, um, you can't say that. But for so long, we've had programs. We're looking at you, Alabama. We're looking at you, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. We're looking at all of you that have the money that have said, hey, if you come here, we'll, we're going we're gonna to buy your mom a, a car. Exactly. We're going to throw this in. We're going to throw that in. We're going to make sure you're dressed in nines. We're going to make sure your mom and dad eat steak and lobster. This, that, and the third. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're not going to have to worry about another thing for the rest of your life if you come here. Plenty of programs have done that. Now, even the smaller guys can do it, and Nick Saban's pissed off about it. And, and and just to add to that point, this is something that coaches have been doing for years. We have a yeah. guy that used to we have a guy used to coach East Carolina by the name of Lincoln Riley, former offensive coordinator. This man left the University of Oklahoma in the middle of the night to go to Southern California because that was a dream job for him. It was a better fit. I mean, Le- Lincoln Riley is a Southern Cal guy, way way more than he is an Oklahoma guy. Like like Lincoln Riley, he he is Southern Cal personified. So he should be more paying or higher paying job where he wanted to be. Left Oklahoma in the dust. Nobody really bad enough. He had every right to do that. And now we're saying these kids don't have a right to do that. These 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 kids at 18, 19, 20 years old don't have a right to go out and make their money off name, image, and likeness, choose the school they want to go to, this, that, and the third. The reason why, and, and I and I'll touch on the Dion thing for a little bit. The reason why that kid chose Jackson State is because he's a defensive back. Deion Sanders is the greatest defensive back in the history of the National Football League. Has nobody thought that maybe Dion can take this five-star recruit to the league? That Dion, who has gone to a, a little-known HBCU, because nobody knew who the hell Jackson State University was a couple of years ago before Dion got there, and now they're playing in the Celebration Bowl, and they're going to be extremely good next year, and they're going to run away with the competition. Has nobody thought that his personality, his persona, him being a guy that can get these guys to the league? That has, has has that not played a factor in people's thinking? I, I just think you know when 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 Nick Saban called out Dion, that was kind of a little suspect to me, just because Dion to me has done it earnestly and honestly because he's not an HBCU. He has and and he's gotten with the times. Jackson State ain't got the money Alabama has, not even close, not even like not even a third, not even a small percentage of what Alabama has. So if if, if you can level the playing field a little bit with these NIO deals and get guys like Dion has been able to get and do what he's been able to do. That speaks to Dion as a coach and as a person and as a human being and how he can impact these kids. And granddaddy's upset because he can't give the tops. That's just how I see it. <laughs> granddaddy wants it to be old school. He likes his way of recruiting. He likes, he likes the way it was and he's getting frustrated because it's changing and the narrative is going to change and A&M is coming. Like Texas A&M is going to be a phenomenal football team, and they could wholeheartedly win the SEC next year. Not in a couple of years from now. A&M can win the SEC next year. They're going to be damn good. So granddaddy's just upset. That's all it is. I mean, it's the whole thing. Like these coaches, and it, it, I don't want to make this power five versus group of five, but it, it really is, Artie. 
I mean, these coaches, it's the same thing with the with the college football playoff. And now, I mean, you've got Mike Leach, who is calling for for expansion in, in the college football playoff because even even they're saying like, hey, like the the playing field really isn't even even for the pl- power five. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless you are a blue blood, we're talking Michigan, Oregon, you know, like Alabama, like one of these schools that are in it every year, you're not going to make the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. You don't even have a shot. Now it's starting to open it up a little bit more. And uh, I think as it does, it's going to add more parity to the game and it's going to add uh, more competition. And, and we're eventually going to get back to where, hey, maybe it's not just the top dogs doing it because US, UCF has figured out a way to to get all their all their athletes on NIL or ECU's done that. You know, I, I know UCF's going to the going to the league, but um, mm-hmm. maybe maybe that's what happens. Um, the UCF's going going to the Big Twelve, which I think is honestly, I don't think they're going to. I don't think any of the schools going to the Big Twelve are going to compete right away. I just don't. Well, I mean, I I, I disagree. I, I think they're going to compete because Texas and Oklahoma are leaving. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, Texas, Texas and Oklahoma—that's that's your biggest competition—is Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, I, but I think so, you're still going to be competing with Houston. Like Houston's still going to be competing with Texas and Oklahoma for recruits. But Houston's already doing okay. They're, I mean, doing, they're, they're already in Texas, so they're already having a fight to get. It, that, it doesn't matter what. I, I'm just Houston's saying in. it's, it's not going to change much. It's not yeah. going to change much. Yeah, but I, I I think they can be. I don't I don't see them being terrible. I, I think I think I think Houston honestly will fare better than anybody else joining the Big Twelve. Uh, I think anybody Houston joining the Big the Twelve. One. I think anybody joining the Big Twelve that's going to do better. It's going to be Cincinnati. Was well, Cincinnati? Well, if, if, that's only if Luke Fickle stays. If Luke Fickle stays, Cincinnati's going to be fine. They're going to be just fine. Now, if he's gone, that's a different story. Gotcha. Well, Artie, I think that's enough. We've gone we've gone on for about an hour now. Um, any other thoughts, comments? Um, man, shout out to ECU baseball once again. So proud of them boys. So proud of that coaching staff. What they were able to do. Let's get this dub against South Florida tomorrow in Clearwater, Florida. Um, yeah, that's all I got. People, wash your hands, wash your butts, as always. Yeah. Well, that's all I got. Um, go Canes. I'll be at game five if you see me. Oh yeah, Canes. Come talk to me. Uh, yeah. That's all I got. Nice. All right. Deuce. Peace.